Hi, I'm Jen DeVore Richter, Business Breakthrough Specialist. The question women business owners are always asking is how do I build a profitable business I love? How do I build a business that generates the income I desire by leveraging my influence to make an impact? We're going to shed light on the truth about what it really takes to be successful on this episode of Boss Women Rock Success Secrets. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Boss Women Rock Success Secrets show. This is Jen DeVore Richter, your host. And today I'm joined by Mindy Barker of Mindy Barker and Associates. Mindy, I have known for a couple years. Uh, when I lived in Florida, Mindy and I ran in the same entrepreneur and business owner circles. And she has a great amount of information to share with you today about cash flow and how cash is still king in your business. Now, what's interesting is Mindy grew up watching her father start a company while she was in high school and she worked as one of his employees. In a minute, I'm going to ask you what kind of company that was because I'm curious to know. And she has worked as the principal of a private equity firm. She's worked at a national accounting firm and as a CFO of large and small organizations. Minnie knows how to look at your data and help you make good decisions, good strategic decisions about your business. This could mean if you're you know, validating your product, validating your services, or even just articulating a roadmap that will facilitate your growth. Mindy is passionate about using this knowledge to help people just like you understand the power of your financial data and how it drives strategy. And the thing that I love about you, Mindy, is that you don't make it scary. <laughs> you know, because most business owners are like, oh my gosh, if we start talking about numbers, this is going to be over my head and this is going to be scary. And you have a great way of making it relatable and usable. So welcome to the show, Mindy. Well, I'm glad to be here. And the fear factor really keeps a lot of people from looking at their financial data. Just like a lot of times, some of us know that something's wrong with our body, like we've got that cough or we've got something and we're scared to go to the doctor because we don't want to know what the reality is. And um, honestly, a lot of times, if you just find out, it's not that scary. And even if it is scary, it's better to find out early so you can do something about it. That is a great way to describe it. I mean, that is like right. super easy to understand. We get it. We can relate to that. We've all experienced that. And, you know, getting, and I, I, I experienced that too, just as a business coach, like, um, cause one of the things that I like to do is look at your numbers first, just like you, not as in detail as you do, but uh, look at the numbers and say, okay, what's actually the current situation here? Because if you don't know what your current situation is, how in the heck are you going to fix it? Right. Right. And there's so many times that people when they look at their cash flow, they're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make payroll a month from now unless we start doing something different. And yeah. much better to find out a month in advance than it is a day in advance. Right. When you're panicking, <laughs> about to go push the button uh, on your ADP, <laughs> on your ADP uh, system and go, oh, no, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I can do this. All right. So today we're going to talk about how cash is still king. You've got to have sufficient cash in order to pay your bills. And you don't want to let your big idea or dream die due to bad infrastructure and the inability to see the future in your business. So looking at your cash kind of sounds like a crystal ball. It gives you an idea of, of where you're going and what direction you should go in. And we're also going to give our listeners today three tangible, actionable takeaways that they can do 
today, starting in the next 24 hours, you need to start working on these things so that you can get your business going back in the right direction. Or if you hear these things, you're like, all right, I got it. Then you'll know, okay, you've got the Mindy Barker seal of approval and you can keep doing what you're doing. So one of the first things that I want to know before we get into that though, is what kind of business did your dad have? What kind of an entrepreneur was he? So my dad started the business uh, to put the silver on the legs eggs for the sheer energy pantyhose. Because if you remember back, we used to wear pantyhose to work all the time. And when sheer energies came out, they were so much more comfortable and your legs were not as tired at the end of the day after you wore those. And um, the manufacturer was having a hard time figuring out how to make the eggs silver. My dad was working for Coates and Clark at the time making the spools of thread, silver and gold. So he knew exactly how to set it up and how to do all that. And they recruited us, uh, cr- recruited him to start a company in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And we moved from Tacoa, Georgia, which is a little small town in North Georgia. So I was uh, a pain in the butt teenager. My mother was tired of me complaining. And she said, here, take her to work with you. And my dad put me back in the manufacturing facility doing piecemeal work, which I basically got paid for how many eggs I inspected. And I was treated just like everybody on the line doing that work, which was a a great experience for me because I actually got to see what my dad was going through, Mm -hmm. but I also had to learn how to work and and really how to be efficient because if you weren't efficient, you didn't get paid. All right. Yeah. So you're on the line. So you were inspecting the eggs, making sure that the paint looked right. And that the quality was good. Is that what it was? Right, right. And that they were dry because if you started stacking them before they dried, you ruined the whole uh, production. So you had to make sure they were dry even before you started stacking them. And then you had to inspect them and make sure they didn't have little bubbles or any blemishes or anything. And if they did, you had to throw them out. And then you had to stack them. I would still remember in rows of 50 and put them in a box. And then wrap them up and and everything and um the ladies that were back there during the time frame they gave me an education on life while we were all working which some of which they taught some of the things they taught me and my dad probably didn't want me to know but it was fun <laughs> for me as a teenager <laughs> i love it you could probably even still smell the smell of the factory and the paint drying and all that stuff i'm sure right oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. And I still remember the day that the air conditioning went out and Mm -hmm. my dad was having trouble getting somebody to come and fix it. And one of the ladies, Ronnie, took off her shirt and was completely topless because she didn't have on a bra because she said it was too hot. And I had to watch my dad tell her she had to put back on her shirt. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it sounds like a TV show, like a Netflix show or something. I love it. What a blast from the past. The legs, eggs. I love it. I remember my mom used to wear pantyhose every day and I was like, ew, like that just seemed so uncomfortable. And she wore the legs, eggs. So she probably had your work in our home. Actually, you can still buy them and they're great for if you're going on a long flight to keep your legs from swelling. Oh, there's a good tip. Yeah. Really good tip. All right. So let's start talking about some money, honey. Let's talk about cash. Cash is king in your business. Okay, so on the information that you sent me before our time here today, the number one thing, one of the things that you say, one of the actionable takeaways is that you should, a business should have a true checkbook that is routinely reconciled. Are you talking about the old-fashioned kind of printed checkbook? Okay, so no, you don't need an old-fashioned printed checkbook, okay. but this is what has happened. 
is that as systems have gotten automated mm -hmm. and people have general ledgers, uh, especially non-financial people that are delegating financial, managing the financial information to other people, they're not, they don't even really understand that they don't have a checkbook, that they don't, they are not producing one because what is happening is that a lot of companies are sending out accounts payable checks like paper checks right they're producing in out of an accounts payable module that may or may not update the the cash balance where the money is coming in from the customers and so they basically don't have the equivalent of a checkbook and okay. every single system that's out there from quickbooks online to oracle to SaaS to netsuite all of that has the capability to maintain your checkbook and your check balance at any given point in time, a lot of people don't set it up. And I can't even answer that question why they don't. But okay. the, it's, it's imperative that you do because there are a lot of times that I walk into companies, I see a stack of paper checks and I'll go over and ask, how do you know you have enough money in the bank to cover those checks? I checked my balance on online banking this morning. And I'm like, eh, that's a bad answer. Okay. Because that balance on the online banking does not have the, the paper checks that you have outstanding. As if they have paper checks, they have paper checks outstanding. That doesn't, doesn't keep into uh, effect things like recurring rent payments and that sort of thing. So you just, the checkbook is just the foundation of you being able to monitor and maintain history. And another thing, if you have several legal entities, and you're moving money from one legal entity to another, you should record it the minute you do it. That's another thing I've seen people do. They're money, moving money from one legal entity to the next to cover management agreements or something like that, but they're not maintaining that balance. So they're not, uh, they're not thinking about the balances that are moving in between companies. And they think, oh, I've got a couple hundred thousand dollars in this legal entity. And they forget that they transferred money because they didn't record it. Mm. Okay, so the action, the actionable strategy, if, um, if a business owner is listening, which they are, a business owner is listening right now and, they, and she goes, I don't know what Mindy's even talking about right now. So what do they do? What's the actionable strategy? They, do they talk to their CFO? Do they call their accountant, their bookkeeper, you? What do they do and say, Mindy said that I need to, what? Yeah, you need to have a checkbook balance. Checkbook yeah. balance. Okay. It can be an old timey checkbook. Okay. It can be a, if you are using QuickBooks online, if you're producing checks out of QuickBooks, then your, your checks are all automatically in there. Mm -hmm. But okay. if you're not, if you're handwriting checks and you're sending them out in the mail and you're not recording them in QuickBooks, you don't have a checkbook. You don't. So you need to look at your process, make sure that one system has all the information about cash coming into it, the cash deposits. Uh, a lot like NetSuite and QuickBooks Online, a lot of those cloud-based services are connected to your bank. And that when the, the uh, payments come in, they automatically get recorded, but you have to set it up to connect to your bank. Here's another thing. I've seen tons of people have incredible software, but they don't connect it with their bank. So that information comes in. They're, they're data inputting it. Yeah, oh, so yeah, I mean, that's one of the sure benefits. Your is functionable. Yeah. Make sure your process is such that all of that information comes into one account 
and the cash management software and the general ledger, whatever, there are a lot of options, but that you somehow have a checkbook balance that you're using to manage your business every day. Because if you're not, you're basically, uh, that is one of fiduciary responsibility 101. And right. if you have a great idea, if you have a company, if this company is supporting you and your family, you have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure it has enough cash to sustain itself. Oh, amen on that. All right. So the next, so checkbook balance, the next tool that you think every company needs in order to operate successfully is a 12 week cash flow projection. Where do we find that? So that uh, there are some, again, there are some softwares that'll produce that for you. Um, so I would look at, can you generate it from whatever general ledger software that you have? If you can't, then don't make it hard. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, I've got to like put in, and I bought postage stamps at Publix the other day. I've got to put that on a row on the cash flow. No, that should be in like general expenses. So basically you should have incoming cash from customers, incoming cash from investors, or uh, whatever type of cash that you can quickly tie to another source as incoming sources. And then outgoing sources should be things like salary and rent, those large items that are going to be paid every two weeks, every month or whatever, so that you can project and track that on an ongoing timely basis. And then rent is paid the same time every month, hopefully. Right. And then just have like a general bucket for expenses for your postage stamps and your uh, travel and entertainment, unless one of those items is a huge item and it's periodically paid. That way, you'll know that uh, you can see the pattern of your cash and it'll actually even help you understand your business. And you need to keep it on a very much a macro basis. So it is a tool to manage cash. It is not a gap financial statement. It mm -hmm. is not granular. It is a macro item. And if you need to dive into, oh gosh, why is salary 20% more than it was the last two salaries? Did, did we do the salary wrong? Did we add new employees? What? then you can dive into the data, but the initial management tool should be very concise. Okay, so even if we just had a spreadsheet on our computer, you said don't make it complicated, just keep it simple. So even if you just right. had a spreadsheet on your computer and you kind of knew, in general, these are the big cash, the big cash coming in and the big cash coming out, basically, right. that would be really helpful. Right, right. like whenever I'm uh, working with companies as an interim or fractional CFO, once I get it set up and we agree on what type of categories it should be, which it should really be no, no more than seven or eight, probably the ideal is three to five categories okay. of incoming and outgoing. It okay. takes me probably 10 minutes to update it every week. Oh, wow. Okay. So three to five categories in each one, one, you know, what's coming in, what's going out. Right. Take a couple of minutes, put it on your calendar, have an appointment with yourself every week to right. To, to look at that, to reconcile your, your checkbook and to look at your cash flow projection. And um, that'll give you a, it's like a temperature gauge on the health of your business is what it sounds right. like to me, right? Right, right. And even when I'm, and when I'm serving as a fractional or interim CFO, when, as I'm helping them build that and talking mm -hmm. to them about it, they right. learn things about their business. And I learn things about their business that help me think, help me help them think strategically about how to build the business. It's a really good learning tool and a management tool. So what are some of the changes that you would make by knowing, you know, where, where your cash flow is? Like you're paying yourself too much or you're paying yourself too little or 
you need to negotiate your rent or like what are some of the outcomes that could happen from that? One of the things that uh, almost always happens if a, um, a client has a lot of customers is mm -hmm. that when they start looking at the inflow of cash from their customers, they get more uh, focused on the collections part of it or thinking yeah. through how to bill customers so the money comes in. Because if you just send somebody an invoice and then you're um, thinking that they're going to do the right thing and pay you on time, most people will, but some people won't. Right. <laughs> and um, there may be a customer that you're no longer doing work with that hasn't paid you in two months. And so when you start looking at the cash flow and you're thinking, oh, I've got to make rent or whatever, it, it just gives, well, why is that customer revenue going down? Or why is it not going up as much as I thought? Then, then that's when you start pulling back and doing the deep dive. You don't put the deep dive on the analysis. Then you say, okay, why am I not getting the customer money coming in? And you'll dive in and call a customer. Oh, we forgot about paying that. And then you've got the money and it's, um, you know, then everybody's fine. <laughs> or, or they go, uh, yeah, we, you know, we need another 30 days or can we pay this at the end of the term or whatever? And you can decide if you want to keep them as a client or not. I fired clients before because they weren't paying and I don't do any work until I get paid up front normally now just because of the lessons that I've learned in the past of people telling you that they're going to pay and then they don't. Right. Right. So you, that helps you make good decisions and you can say, forget it. I'm not going to work with you anymore and, and, and not be afraid people. to let them go. They're not your people. I they're actually people. am having a conversation right now with a client that I kind of had a sense descent that it was not my people. Yeah. And I was right. It wasn't my people. And I'm having a, a collection conversation with them right now. And I'm like, right. I need to remember when that 60 cents goes up. We just end it right before we get started. <laughs> oh, that's a good reminder. All right. So the third action after the true checkbook and the 12 week cash flow projection is in relationship to maintaining your infrastructure, which basically, to not make it complicated, is the information that you need, the information that you need at your fingertips as a business owner in order to make good decisions. It's the data. Right. So what are the types of data that you're talking about in an infrastructure for a business? So there's all types of data other than the cash, which we already talked about, but like even the accounts receivable balances that you have from customers. I actually did have an interim CFO job when I walked in, they were literally typing the invoices on an old timey typewriter, even though they had a, uh, they had just upgraded to an incredible system, but they weren't putting the invoices into the system because they hadn't set up the proper process with the system. They hadn't really planned on how to go into the system. So they honestly had no idea what, how much their customers owed them no idea wow and so we um we were trying to work on getting them in the system so we could at least tell what accounts receivables were right. uh there's other th like accounts payable you have an accounts payable aging so you know what you owe your vendors like that general expense category we talked about on the cash so if you start seeing it bounce all over the place or all of a sudden it's way down you maybe have missed an invoice or two right so looking at your accounts payable Another one that, especially if you're going to raise money with private equity or venture capital, they're going to ask you and they're going to drill you about it until like you're sick of talking about it, but is how long does it take you to talk to an initial customer and how long does it take you to close that customer? 
what is that time frame? Is it 30 days? Is it 90 days? Well, you can't provide them that information in a way that it'll get through due diligence unless you have the data. So that data needs to come through some kind of customer relationship management base. And a lot of people get scared about that because they're like, oh, I can't afford Salesforce. I can't afford any of that big software stuff. You know, honestly, use a legal pad if you need to or something to at least get started accumulating the data. And then um, you'll probably get a little bit addicted to having the data yourself because it'll help you make good decisions about how to spend your time and during the sales process. Because believe me, I know because I've lived the dream as an entrepreneur, it's hard to figure out how much time do you spend chasing a sale versus how much time do you spend focusing on your current client base versus writing a blog versus self-care, all that stuff will drive your little mind crazy. So if you have more data, it helps you make decisions. But, you, but again, if you're, going to, if you're a high growth company, you're going to be pitching to investors. You're going to have to know that, that there are some softwares that are relatively inexpensive that you can keep up with that information. Like I currently use Zoho and it works really well for me. And Zoho integrates with MailChimp right. and does what I need it to do. So just yeah. investigate, figure out what works for you. What does Zoho may not work for you, but there's other alternatives. Right. Yeah. So I have a client right now who it's a 60 year old metal roofing company. They're just awesome. Amazing company, family owned and operated the entire time. And they, they were successful, you know, and they were, they are successful. And when we started looking at their, the way that their marketing was set up, they didn't have any systems for their marketing. They had none. And, and they hired me to transition them from doing things. I'll call it the old fashioned way. I'm using air quote, uh, finger quotes in the air, you know, <laughs> doing things the old fashioned way and just relying on paper sales forms and everything done by word of mouth and um, all of the knowledge resided individually with the individual employees, but there was no one central place where the owner could go to look at the um, process, you know, sales process with prospects. Where are they in the sales process? Have we, come, have we come out and measured the roof? Did they get the proposal? Did they accept the proposal? Did they deny the proposal? And so we've been working for the last, uh, you know, five months or so moving all of their marketing and all of their sales online. And I'm so glad that we started it when we did, because then COVID hit and they were, you know, not working in the office with each other as much. And you can't have all the information living in silos and inside the brains of your different employees, right? right. You need this central place to help you make good decisions. And now they love it. Now they're like addicted to it. They're constantly inside. We use active campaign because active campaign does both their email marketing and it does a CRM on the back. Um, they use it for everything. They put all their sales information inside of it. And now they love it because they can just log in from home and they can look and see where every single client is in the process and they can make um, sales pipeline projections. They can look and see, oh, this is how much cash we might be having coming in. And it's just, it was really empowering to be able to have all of this information at your fingertips, not just for you, but like you said, for investors too. And I'm sure you talk about that in your book, Pitching to Win Strategies for Success. That's the book that you wrote that helps business owners land investor money, right? So do you, do you deep dive into that there? Okay, perfect. Yes, so, I do. Yeah. Check out Mindy's book, Pitching to Win Strategies for Success. Mindy has a gift for you also. She wants to invite you for a cash flow analysis. 
complimentary and I'm going to link Mindy's calendar inside the description of the podcast or the video, or I'll make sure that the link is in the article uh, for when we turn this into an article for the magazine as well. Any final words, Mindy, that you would like to leave our listeners with? Yes, don't be scared of it. Dive in, You'll it'll make you feel like superwoman. You've got the power, you've got the data. You can uh, utilize it in so many ways. And once you get through the fear factor and you get organized with your cash flow and additional infrastructure data, it'll be freeing. Awesome. Mindy Barker, thank you so much for sharing your cash is king knowledge. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Did you know that chasing after clients and opportunities one at a time is a waste of time and money? I know it sounds crazy because we're so used to hearing about cold calling, networking groups, or just getting your name out there. And while those tactics can be important in some businesses, I want to share the secrets with you that will revolutionize the way that you look at your future as a marketer or a brand. So what is the best way to attract clients and opportunities to you? It's attraction marketing. The big idea here is to stop randomly running from networking event to networking event or from random marketing tactic to random marketing tactic. You just need a process set up to attract people to you like a magnet and have more fun doing it. For that reason, I have created the Boss Woman Rock magazine, which is a nice compliment to this podcast and absolutely free. You can subscribe for free today at bosswomenrockmagazine.com.